Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics. So, subscribe, review, uh, all that stuff. It helps us out. Today, we've got Tyree here. What's up, Tyree? I am feeling very, very tired and my legs feel empty. Oh, not anymore. Just opened a can of Budweiser. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> this is sparkling water. I literally just walked in. I just finished day five on the program. So walked in and grabbed sparkling water rather than another rain since I just drank one. All right. Sparkling water. Improving your health. I like it. Um, you know what I had the other day? I had some like liquid death sparkling water. I haven't tried it. I've seen it, but I haven't tried it. Yeah, a friend of mine gave it to me after uh, we went hiking, uh, and it it tasted different than other sparkling water, so it was interesting. I don't really know why it was different. I guess it's from the Alps. I don't know um, how they do it different, but uh, it did taste different, um, more pleasant. It wasn't flavored sparkling water. Uh, it was just plain water, but it didn't taste as bad as like the LaCroix plain, mm-hmm. because that shit's nasty. That is the worst that's the worst sparkling water. Um, I I can't tell you the last time that I just had any type of soda. I don't remember. Because it wasn't... When I started drinking the sparkling waters, then I realized it was just the carbonation that I liked. Uh, I'm not against soda. And it was really when I started counting my numbers. So I'm like, oh, there's 37 carbs in this can. I could just have 24 lifesavers. I'd rather do that. So then I stopped counting. Then I stopped having soda and just started getting sparkling waters. And I just wanted the carbonation anyway. So then I was perfectly fine. And I'm not picky with sparkling waters. I will. We have like three different brands in the fridge right now. As long as it's carbonated, I'm good. Mm, you know what? The When you, I forget where it was. When I went to Wales in like 2013, to go do like a, a tour of weightlifting seminars with Dom McCauley. Um, we went to go get water and I didn't really like sparkling water. And that's all they had over there. <laughs> it's just sparkling water. So they were like, Hey, you want a water? Yeah, I'll take a water. They bring you a bottle of sparkling water. And the first time I had it, I didn't know that it was sparkling and it was just disgusting. Uh, that's and I'm going to spit it out. That'll throw yeah. It. Yeah, if you want regular water, you have to ask them for flat water. Hmm. Um, and I, I think that was Wales. We went to Wales in Ireland and England, but I'm pretty sure it was Wales was where most of the uh, sparkling water was. But I would like that. I didn't. I didn't like it. I well, that's that's the majority of if if it's not flat water, that's what I'm drinking. Like, remember that big picture that I had in my gym bag? Back in Charlotte, mm-hmm. I've been trying to drink two of those every time I go to the gym now. So I'm filling that up. I'll down a rain and I'll drink two of those pitchers of water, and then I'll come back and have like four sparkling waters. I'm just yeah, I'm I'm drinking a lot more fluids. Yeah, that's good. You know what that reminds me? Um, I am almost done with the. Uh, Matt Foreman book about master's weightlifting um, that's on like the Catalyst Athletics website. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty funny book. Matt Foreman's a, a pretty funny writer. And 
the thing that I like about it is he brings a lot of like common sense things right to the front. And he's just like, all right, you fuckers are old. You need to make sure you're hydrated. Like <laughs> you're going to get injured easier if you're not, uh, if you're not hydrated, you got to focus on things like that. And you know, that's something that like a lot of people, they just overlook it. They overlook hydration. They overlook, uh, stretching, things like that. Um, but it's always a nice reminder to just be like, you need to drink water. You need to drink a lot of water. It's easy here in the summer. Um, I don't know what it's like over there for you, but I'm already sweating right now. Um, I've been sweating all day. It's just hot and humid out here. We get we get thunderstorms every night, and uh, it just makes everything humid. So it's easy to drink water, especially if you got some cold water. Yeah, I, I am, I'm doing much better recently. I am doing much better recently. But I'm I'm whenever I drink water now, it's it's not like I'll take twelve ounces. Like I have two of these right now. Like I'm I'm gonna drink a bunch of it at once. Yeah. Which was so, good and bad. So back when Jackie first had me start drinking a gallon a day when Jackie used to do my nutrition, um, she was like, just make sure you're getting at least a gallon a day. And that was the first time I'd ever paid attention to it and I was nowhere near. So then I realized, all right, every time you pick up this out of gallon jug, every time you pick it up, chug for like 10 seconds. So that's how I did. And then I got really good at just downing water. And that was good. And then I realized, oh man, that carries over to beer. And then I got really good at chugging beer. And then it wasn't a good idea anymore. So, but it was a skill that I learned from counting macros. So thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Yep. Jackie helping people become alcoholics. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, so drinking water's good. So there's the point there. Uh, yeah, the um, the other thing that people do with hydration is they use those little hydration packs. What is it? Uh, the one that USAW sponsors is LMNT. Um, oh. which I guess is supposed to be element um, because L starts with an E. So it makes no sense. <laughs> um, but I got a bunch of samples of those when I was out at nationals and uh, I tried the like chili pepper and I like spicy stuff and that stuff was disgusting. Um, and like, I couldn't believe like the first one I had was something normal and I was like, wow, this is really good. And I expected the like chili mango one to be good. But it was uh, one of the most disgusting things I've ever had. So uh, it's each of their flavors has a wide range of uh, tastes. Um, so I'll have to try those out again when I when we go to nationals again and get the different flavors. I've never tried those. The only thing I when you said I thought about liquid IVs and I've I've had those. Uh, we actually have a pack now, but that's that's what? the most hydration thing I've ever done. Is that like a drink or is that like a powder that you put in a drink? It's like a, yeah, it's like a powder that you pour into a glass of water. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Take the point, make a point to drink those. Yeah. Either that or spring water. You know, that's something that we were talking about with somebody is, um, oh, it was Alyssa. And when we were in Vegas, um, the only thing that was really left on the water aisle in Vegas when it was just ridiculously hot Mm -hmm. was uh distilled water Hmm. and 
which makes sense because everybody bought the regular water because they probably drank it all. And you, know, right. you don't drink distilled water when you're sweating like crazy because then you get more dehydrated. Uh, either that or you have to add like electrolytes in there. Um, but yeah, don't drink distilled water unless you add electrolytes. Does that thing have anything? Does this thing say how many electrolytes it's got in there? It's got another sparkling water. Zero everything. Zero everything. This is the pineapple flavor. The last one was Summerberry. This is pineapple. All right. What's what's that brand? Waterloo. Waterloo. Isn't that a famous uh, battle? Mm Mm-hmm. The Battle of Waterloo. Um, Because that's what came up. 1815. Um, Belgium. All right. Uh, you know, I I went on a bike ride with the kids this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a separate topic, but we went seven miles uh, total. So we went out to this spot that I'd never been, and we found this old bridge that was uh, uh, built in 1850. Um, and it was like a... I didn't expect to find it back there, but it was, they had like a sign that were like, Oh, York County historic site and all that. And, uh, there was a bunch of history in that spot. And the, uh, one of the things was the final, this is the location of the final battle between the Catawba and the Cherokee Indians. And they just left it at that. They didn't say like oh, what wow. happened or why it went. And I was like, man, I got to look into this. So I'm sitting here next to this bridge from 1850. And then it's also the, the final battle between two groups of Indians and, you know, it was kind of a cool spot. So I might look it up. The bridge was just this old railroad bridge. It, uh, it looked pretty cool. Um, but just one of those random things you just find out in the middle of nowhere. When, when you said uh, bike ride, it made me think about something Trung and I were talking about yesterday that y'all had talked about before. And I said, I was going to say this to you. So, he talked about uh, powerlifting being better GPP than CrossFit. Mm. I can, I completely disagree. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and then when we talked about it, he saw what I meant. Um, because there's so much to CrossFit that I think people think about the wrong aspects when they're talking about using it as GPP. So I told Trung, the workouts in CrossFit that I'm thinking are GPP, I'm not including a barbell, and I'm not including the higher level gymnastics. I'm thinking about the move, the, the movements that require you to move your body and to move, to jump, to bound, to go up and down with your body weight, to push up, to do ring dips. I'm thinking of stuff like that rather than thrusters and muscle ups. I'm thinking of like the ski erg and box jumps rather than snatching and muscle ups. Hmm. So you're thinking that's just movement. Yes. Which I think you get more of in CrossFit than powerlifting because I think Hmm. that, and it's it, for me, it comes down to the moving your own body, which is why I would say it's a better GPP. All right, so 
general physical preparedness, uh, moving your own body would be more general than going heavy on squats and, and deadlifts. That would be a, definitely a step closer to specific. So if we go down right into that definition, I think I would agree with you. Um, <clears throat> is it better preparation for weightlifting? Now let's just take out the word GPP. Okay. Is, ooh, yes. Yes, I, w- I would still say, I, I would say that I think CrossFit is better pep- preparation for weightlifting than powerlifting just because of the body awareness in the movement. Being able to move. You can get slow in powerlifting and it's very, like, you're staying in one plane the whole time. In, in weightlifting, you're moving way more. You need to know how to move around an object. In power or in powerlifting, you're not doing that ever. Mm. So I think it, I'd rather you. Well, not may I say rather, I think the bonus to CrossFit as preparing for preparing for weightlifting is that you are learning how to move your body. You are learning how to change direction fast, whether it's with a box jump. Even though burpees are stupid, you are learning how to open at the hip and then absorb your body weight back down to go back to the ground. Like you, you are changing directions and learning how to move. Yeah, so I've got a few ideas on that. Um, and I think one of my uh, issues with that it doesn't really go into CrossFit. It goes into, um, so I just, I do a lot with my kids. So we're pretty active. Mm -hmm. Um, so we go out and we do all of these random things. Um, I don't put them into, um, baseball because I think baseball is a stupid sport. Um, I completely agree. I hate baseball. Yeah. There's not a lot of activity in it. And then you just mess up one arm. Uh, yeah, it just seems kind of stupid. One arm, one lat, one elbow. Try to sell you to go to baseball year round. So I am pretty, pretty set on baseball being a dumb sport. Um, but like other things like soccer, climbing, gymnastics, Mm -hmm. gymnastics up to a certain age, I think, you know, you need to stop at like age 10 in gymnastics before they before you get into that competitive team stuff, because then you just get in an unhealthy relationship with sport. Um, but, and then beyond that, it's just like things that catch kids attention and just let them go. You know, it's easy. Like it's easy to like tell a kid like, Oh, keep going, keep going. And like push a kid in a sport and you can tell that they don't like it. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. But then all of a sudden there's like a butterfly and then they go chasing a butterfly and they've got all this energy again because mm-hmm. they're intrigued. They're mentally kind of intrigued there. So that general stuff like running down and, you know, falling and then standing up to go chase a butterfly is like, it's like a burpee, you know, yeah. that's just movement. And that's right. where I think kids should get that level of preparation. That should just that should just be general activity that everybody should get as a kid. Um, that does not happen. I realize when mm-hmm. I like I just went into a school and I saw like the meet the parents or meet the teachers, and I saw these other kids, and I'm like, all right, these other kids are uncoordinated. You can tell which ones are active and which ones are not, and a mm-hmm. lot of them are not. 
And then you look at the school schedule and um, the, the school schedule, I mean, they're not helping out any. They're just sitting in the same classroom for mm-hmm. like five hours and then they got 45 minutes of recess. Um, Whoa, so we used to get 20. Jeez. Well, he's, he's kindergarten. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't even look at. I didn't even look at Clara's. Uh, okay. Yeah. Rona's, kindergarten. You got to get kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say the cool thing too is is like they walk outside the back door of their classroom and then they have a playground right there. Um, that's how my elementary school was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I I didn't go to elementary school. Uh, I went in fifth grade, but all the rest, I didn't. Um, uh, that was a uh, homeschooled living on a boat, which is quite a bit more active than my kids will be in their school. Cause homeschool living on a boat is like work. <laughs> you know, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not sit and learn. It's, you know, I all right, go do your chores. It's like a, you know, it's like growing up on a farm where those, that's why those farm kids are so strong. It's just mm-hmm. like, you got stuff to do first. Um, and I think that's what kids need. Um, and I guess that's why CrossFit is making that would be a very good general preparation for somebody who doesn't have that general athleticism or they just need to get their general movement back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can see that. Um, I think, it, I now- think you also, again, there are a lot of parts to CrossFit and I think people always think of the extreme movements. So back when I was playing around with both and I would do CrossFit classes regularly and I was still doing weightlifting stuff, I never wanted to do the, the CrossFit classes. Yeah, people thought I would want to do the CrossFit classes at barbells. No, I didn't want to do it because I knew I was going to have a barbell in my hand for two hours either before or after the class. So I wasn't thinking about those classes. I would make myself do the really shitty classes that I didn't like that were running and rowing with box jumps and double unders and stuff like that and ab mat setups because that was movement and it wasn't a barbell because I knew I was going to have a bar for two hours. Like I don't need to do anything more. I don't need to do thrusters. I just had front squats and clean and jerks after that. Mm-hmm. So when, when I'm thinking about CrossFit as GPP or just CrossFit as assistance thing that to do in between weightlifting cycles, I'm thinking about it for those classes. Like what, what was it today? Today they had assault bike, double unders and push press. So if I did today's class, I would have done the assault bike, double unders and like handstand pushups rather than push press. And that I would have counted as like GPP. Yeah, I could see that. Get some good work in. Yeah, it was um, 20 minutes every two minutes hit around. Yeah, so I could see your your point with that, with just general physical preparedness. Uh, and now I will say that CrossFit in its whole tends to produce more female athletes that are strong. Um, but I do not think a male will get strong doing that stuff. I think a female no. will. Um, mm-hmm. But a male will get strong doing weightlifting and uh powerlifting uh mm-hmm. depending on how specific they go with bench press or if they decide to be equipped or not uh so i don't know maybe you need a bit of both uh 
or you just need to be active and do other things. If you're an anti-crossfitter, you can just do other things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is your, what is your goal? Uh, If you're, if you are a male trying to get stronger, CrossFit is not for you. If you're a male and you're trying to get stronger, CrossFit's not for you. If you are a female who is starting out, you can start with CrossFit and then transition. It, especially if you've never done another sport. Yeah, yeah, starting out like I mean like you 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 aren't that person that played soccer in college. Like you are really just whether you're 17 and haven't done anything or you're 26 and you decide like, Oh, I want to start moving all of a sudden they could start in CrossFit, be in CrossFit for a year and a half, two years, two, maybe three. Like they could do CrossFit for a while and then start transitioning. And that would be beneficial. But for a guy, like if you want to get strong, don't go to CrossFit. That's not how you're going to get strong. And then they'll look at the games. Like, yeah, those guys aren't just doing CrossFit. Those that's not why they're, stronger than you yeah has any crossfitters really made the transition into weightlifting i guess there's that 89 guy which one it's the 89 he clean and jerked like 190 just recently maybe yeah i think Uh, so uh oh yeah i remember i know you're talking about i saw him he was at yeah we saw him at finals yeah i remember you're talking about Mm mm-hmm I remember who you're talking about now. I don't remember his last name, but I I remember his face. Um, yeah, there's him. With so was he a CrossFitter? Yes, but it wasn't like he was like he wasn't one of those top top guys. So yes, he he would be a good example of like he was in CrossFit and then transitioned. Caleb Goodman. There you go. Yeah, so he does pretty good. I mean. Uh... It's big, uh, big squatter, big clean and jerker. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he's fairly new to the uh, the group, so it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how his weightlifting progresses. Um, but snatching one forty, clean and jerking one ninety ish or something around there, uh, which is pretty good for a CrossFitter. Um, now, powerlifters that have gone to weightlifting. This is where I think the argument of powerlifting being better preparation for weightlifting really comes into play. We got my boy Shane Hammond. (laughs) Yep, I don't even think I need to bring up any of the others. And I got a few more right on the tip of my tongue. Shane Hammond, American record holder in the snatch and clean and jerk, still unbroken, even (laughs) after the change of weight classes. Uh what did he do? 192.5 in the snatch and 237.5 in the clean and jerk. Uh, and he did that in like uh, the early 2000s, maybe. Oh, right. It was like, it had to have been before 04, right? I'm guessing like yeah. 02? Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know the exact dates, but. Uh, Let's see if I can find that. Yeah. But yeah, it was he somewhere was, around uh, there. He, he was a power lifter first. Um, now let's go down the line. Let's go to the next Olympian. Um, uh, Harrison Morris, junior world champion powerlifter. Uh, but he was also coached by a CrossFit coach, meaning, uh, what's that guy's name from uh, Washington? Kevin. Kevin, um, Kevin Simmons. Simmons, yes. Yeah, so he's a CrossFitter. So I, I'm sure that, I don't know what the Harrison's program looked like when he was under Kevin before he, before, uh, 
he switched over to uh, Harrison was there, right? Spencer when Arnold. He had, didn't he go to because Kevin went to the games in thirteen? I think it was thirteen, and Harrison was there back then, wasn't he? Or did he get there in like fourteen? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure on that. I think the first time I competed against Harrison was probably fourteen or fifteen because okay. he used to be a seventy-seven. Um. And he was working with Kevin at that point. So I'm not sure when he started. Uh, but then let's go. Caleb Williams, powerlifter. Um, Glenn Pendley, powerlifter. He was a better powerlifter than he was a weightlifter. So I don't know if that makes it an exact, uh, an exact translation. Um, Shane did that in the 2004. It was in 2004. We yeah. hit that 430 total at the Olympics. Hmm. 2004 would have been uh, Athens. Athens. 96 was Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. 1996. Yeah, was 96. the 100th 100, 100 year. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm looking at it on Wiki. It says 04 uh, Summer Olympics. Hmm. This is in the yeah, Olympics. So- finish. Yeah. Yeah, I guess two, Sydney was 2000, mm-hmm. and then 2004 was Athens. I guess there was some debate whether the first official Olympics was in 1896 or it was in uh, 1904, um, because I think the Athens was supposed to be 100 years later or something. Mm-hmm. They were holding it in the Olympics. I think that's where I get confused. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong there. I guess that, that, I mean, that little tidbit of information no, doesn't really matter. I think it was 90... 90- I, th- I thought it was 96. I thought 96 was the 100 years one. Yeah. Yeah, because in the history of a lot of them, they say the first Olympics was in 1896, first modern Olympics. Um, and then the first one in the United States was uh, St. Louis, baby, in 1904. Yeah, April 6th, 1896 was the first modern Olympics. Uh, so now let's think of CrossFitters that on the are on the women's side that went to weightlifting. Who's that girl from Australia that just won? She was a weightlifter at the Olympics, wasn't she? Tia? For Australia, yeah. Tia, everybody who comes out of Australia is a CrossFitter. Tia came out of Australia. Pitt Malone used to lift for Australia. Uh, I know there was another, they had another games athlete that was lifting for them. Uh, who's the other one? Who's Pitt Malone? Is, is that Pitt a, Malone? She was, uh, it's been a few years. I, yes. Yeah. Pitt yeah, Malone hasn't right. lifted in a while. But she was there before Tia. All right. And then in the United States, uh, females that came from CrossFit would be all of them. Mm. I don't uh, know. What... Vibert, you have you have Vibert, Maddie Rogers. Maddie uh, Rogers, I thought she was a cheerleader. She was a cheerleader, and then I thought she went to CrossFit, and then switched. I thought that was her path. Yeah, I might be so, wrong. I, thought I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that Maddie Rogers is not a good CrossFitter, but I what I'm going for is like what good CrossFitters. Um, came okay. out of weightlifting, so like I'm, I'm pretty sure like Kate Vibert and Maddie crossfitters Rogers, and not just crossfitters. Yeah, yeah, because like Shane was a good powerlifter, Caleb Williams and 
Harrison were really good powerlifters. Like me, I was not a good powerlifter, so I wouldn't put myself in that group. Um, um, I think that's harder when you're looking at I, – I don't think it changes what you're saying. I still think that women coming out of CrossFit are better. Good CrossFit women can go to weightlifting. But most of the – at least in America, most of the top women that have come from CrossFit weren't necessarily good CrossFitters. Uh, what's the girl? She just won. Um, there's one. She just. I think she won silver at nationals. I think her Instagram name is Ro Tank or something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but either way, we kind of go back to our point that um, CrossFit brings more women, in good women, into weightlifting. So it's better preparation for women. Um, Ro Scott. Ro Scott. That's her name. Sixty-four kilo lifter. She's a regional athlete and won silver gold at nationals this year. So she's good, but you just don't see it like that with men. No, I think, I think you just can't get strong enough doing that much, uh, variety and cardiovascular stuff. I think women do well with it because, um, it increases the work capacity and gives them a very good base to be able to get strong. Um, but I think just the nature of testosterone, men tend to get stronger through testosterone and be able to do enough volume just through weight training because of, you know, the extra male hormones that they can just get strong doing weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, men tend to come from, you know, I think in the United States, they just come from football because how popular football is in the United States. And you kind of tend to have a little bit of crossover there. Um, but on the lighter side of things, I think wrestling is another one where you get a lot of work capacity. So a lot of men come from wrestling and do well in weightlifting. Uh, they tend to be, if you're a good wrestler, you tend to be a good snatcher. Um, body awareness. Yeah. And just, um, you know, you know how certain things translate to different sports, like the power clean translates to football very well. And so when you get a football player coming into weightlifting, they're always pretty good at the clean. The jerk and the snatch might suffer for a while until they get the, the gist of it. Um, but the lift that translates well for wrestling is the deadlift and the snatch. So like if you're a good wrestler, it's like they almost go kind of hand in hand. Like if there was a wrestling combine, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a what's your max deadlift. Like that's the lift that I would go like, oh, you're a wrestler. What's your best deadlift? What's your best deadlift for 10? Uh, what's your best snatch? You know, snatch is tough because you need right. to know if they're, you know, it's just not widespread of an exercise and somebody could just have terrible technique. Um, but then, uh, you know, other sports, what, uh, you know, people, you know, sprinters aren't really making a name for themselves in weightlifting just because you just the different body proportions that, you know, like that tall, long-legged thing just doesn't tend to work well. But yeah, uh, not, not I guess we get some, some throwers, throwers are nasty. Though, huh? Throwers are nasty. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, shocked they don't have more switch over. Like once once they realize, once they get to the end of the line and throwing wherever that is for them, I'm shocked that we don't have more that transition into weightlifting. Because they're freaks. Yeah. It looked like they were trying to do that when they were doing that transitional athlete program with USA weightlifting and they got a few throwers like when they went out and did their combines and they, you know, 
depending on how well you did at your combine, like if you did really well, they'd give you, or if you did, you know, pretty below average, they'd give you a free USAW membership for a year. Um, and then if you did really well, they would uh, pay for your coaching for a year. Uh, and then if you did like phenomenally well, like one of the U.S. coaches would come out and like coach you or invite you to camps and stuff and to like test your potential. And they had a few throwers in there. I don't know whatever came of them. Um, I think there's a little bit of uh, expectation when you get recruited like that from another sport and you think, oh, I'm going to be good fast. Mm-hmm. And it's still going to take them like six years. And once they realized, oh, I'm not going to be good at this until like six more years. Ah. Screw it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Amanda showed me some because I wouldn't have seen it the other day. Um, Taylor Harris had a really good story. Her her story on Instagram. I loved every minute of it. Um, and it was about, to sum it up, and I, I am summing up like a, a three-minute story really fast. Um, but basically... You know, Wait, is this like an Instagram story, like the ones yeah. that disappear, or is this like yeah, something like the ones that could go? Oh, okay, I thought maybe like she had a video, and it was like a video of a story. No, so was, this isn't something that, that they can go back and watch. Yeah, no, yeah, they can't. They can't go back and watch this. Um, but it was basically about how you know how you have the people that come into weightlifting or CrossFit or whatever it is. They come in, they're really energetic. They like it. It's fun. They're PRing every week. Everything's great. And then after six months, all of a sudden it gets hard. And now they have to try to PR. But their first month when they were doing great and adding 20 pounds every time they came in, then they had all of these big goals like, oh, I know I've never, I've never done a sport in my life and I'm just starting weightlifting, but I want to go to the Olympics. I've never done a sport. So I'm, I'm in weightlifting for three weeks now, but I want to go to nationals next year. And then it gets hard. And then you don't see them anymore. And how often that happens. So with the power lifters and the people that were coming into the sport, it's still going to take time. Now they might have a better, they might be farther ahead than a lot of people. They might have an advantage, They might have a strength base that a lot of people would want, but it's still going to take time. They're still going to have to work for it. And if they're not going to work for it, then that's part of the problem. Like it's not just going to click right away. And that's, and that's a group of people that have potential. And then you have the other group of people where everybody's like, Oh man, this is great. I had 20 pounds in a week. I had 20 pounds every week for the next six years. Then I'll have the world record. Like, ah, that's not how it goes. Yeah. You know, that brings me back. I get this newsletter from James Clear and one of them was pretty good. It was, um, keep your expectations low, but your ambitions high. You know, your ambition is to, you know, have your outcome goal, but you're not expecting to hit 20 pound PRs, you know, the whole, you know, every two weeks or something. Um, you gotta, you know, you have to, uh, focus on the habit and let progress come as it comes. So yeah, I could see like that being a valuable reminder um, just to say, you know, like, you know, things will slow down. Um, And you know, I had this conversation with someone else that was just like that and about somebody that's excited about weightlifting. 
And, you know, in a way, like you see that a lot. And I think one of the reasons that you see that a lot is, uh, you know, I think I was talking to you about it and how people come in and be like, I'm a weightlifter after they've been weightlifting for, you know, two months. And it's like, there's a group of people that are trying things on for size Mm -hmm. and they're seeing like, if this is their thing. So they're taking on this identity of, you know, the group of things that they're doing just to see if it works for them. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes, uh, it's because they set their expectations too high, like in mm-hmm. what you're talking about with Taylor's story. And then they realize that it's, you know, not for them. Um, which is fine. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're just trying a new thing and then they realize, Oh, this is not the new thing for me. Um, because now I've got a boyfriend and I've got to go do something that he's doing. Um, right. I, I hate, I hate that one. I just feel like people just latch onto things too quick. So I've been golfing a lot recently, right? Uh, I'm actually going mm-hmm. to Tyree, the golfer. Tomorrow. All right. All right. <laughs> but, is, is but that's that your Instagram profile. Tyree. Is, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like that's as much as I've been golfing and as much as I'm liking it, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a golfer. I, I think there are levels to it. There are things that people are willing to do in golf that I'm not willing to do yet. There, like there, there's levels. To there's levels <laughs> what, to everything. What is that? Does that mean like, like getting hammered on the golf course? <laughs> well, that like, part that's happening. I just my my amount of golf knowledge is like Happy Gilmore. Like you're not going <laughs> to dive in after the alligator. Is that oh, the level no. that you're not at yet? Like I'm just I'm not I'm not going to go every single day until I get whatever score. Like uh, there's just, there are lines. I'll go two, three times a week. Sure. I'm, I'm willing yeah, to do you're that. You're obsessed. Right. Yeah. Like there are, I, I am not willing to put the same amount of hours into golf that I am in, into weightlifting, for example. I'll put more hours in a week into weightlifting than I would into golf right now. So I, I, I'm not going to claim to be a golfer because another golfer is going to look at me like, oh, you've never done this. Oh, you don't understand that. You don't know which club would you use there. Why are you using that club? Do you not understand this? What's, What's the average distance between your five and your three? Like, I don't, I can't tell you that. I, I'm not going to claim a golfer yet. I like golf. I think it's fun. I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon. Like, I'm not even, it's not even like I'm questioning it right now. I'm just aware that I am not as into golf as I am into weightlifting. So as much as I'm doing this, I'm not going to call myself a golfer. And I think people need to think about that with other things. You just yeah. started weightlifting a week ago. Don't call yourself a weightlifter yet. Like, calm down. You can be interested. Yeah. And that's not questioning the sport at all. But just don't dive headfirst into something. Like, you're just getting started. Yeah, you could also save a lot of money by doing that. Because, hmm. I mean, if you dive headfirst into golf and you're like, I'm a golfer. Golfers have these clubs. Mm-hmm. You're broke. You're right. I, I, I already broke. told somebody, like, <laughs> until I shoot under 80, I'm not getting, like, no. Like I, there's, I need to get to a certain point before I think, you know, I need a whole new set. I'm not there. I would love to act like I, I watched a video the other day and this guy was talking about the difference between a, it was a $200 tailor-made driver and the $600 tailor-made driver. And he said it was an average of 17 yards. The more expensive one was getting an average of 17 yards farther. Well, that's if you have a perfect swing and I'm screwing up 50% of my shots. So I'm not even going to get that extra 17 yards out of the good driver. So why would I spend $600 for that? Like that's for me where I'm at right now, not going to make a difference. 
to put it in like a weightlifting perspective, that's like a guy snatching 60 kilos and saying he needs the brand new Alico barbell. I like calm down. Not uh, you, you, you're gonna, you opened up a can of worms there. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Screw the Alico bars, man. <laughs> the new Alicos. I mean, there's no way to get around it. I, I've already replaced mine. I got mine in 2018. Had a bearing like that messed up. I, the now best I got bar a I have works on. That works on bar? It still doesn't spin well. It doesn't like grinds. And yeah. uh, I reached out to them to be like, hey, this bar is like, I can feel it like vibrating in my hand when I spin the collar. Oh, that's how the barbell is supposed to be. Um, they just made a, they just made shitty barbells and this new design sucks. So if you got an old one, keep the old one. Um, don't waste your money on a new one. Those next gen designs, they are not good bars. Um, yeah, you might as well buy a works on uh, or Usaka, which if you like slow spin, you should Ooh, buy yes. Usaka. Um, Works on and that, that's my favorite. Bar. I, I do yeah, like the works rogue on, bars. The new rogue bars are nice. Yeah, the the rogue bars are nice. They're all a little bit different. So like quality control is not perfect with rogue. So like every bar that you use might be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into it with those expectations, I think you'll come out with the best bar for your money. Um, your bar just might not be like if both of us bought bars, we would have two different barbells and they would feel yeah. different. You know, the, the knurling would be different. The spin would be slightly different, but they would still be both good barbells. Um, that would be my review on rogues, uh, weightlifting bars. Um, but I'm not buying, I'm not buying a Lico stuff anymore. Yeah, no, I, I tell you, right, my favorite bar that I've used is the works on that you have at Hal. That's my favorite bar. Yeah, and that one was the cheap one. I think they called it like Lion Fit or something. So that's, oh, that's like the that's CrossFit version of, you know, the uh, works on it's bars. So it's, a, it's, it's so It's nice whippy. bar. I love it. It's, it spins. It's got good spin. It's really whippy. I love that bar. Yeah, I think they've corrected it, but back in the day, Works On used to have, I used to hate Works On because uh, they used to have like a snap ring problem and mm. they would spin and then in the middle of the lift, like the snap ring would catch and then it would stop spinning immediately. So like, and if it stopped spinning while you were turning over, it just hurt your elbows so much, especially on a heavy lift um, because it's not like a shitty bar where you know it's just not going to spin. It's like spinning super fast and then boom, it stopped. Mm. Uh, and they used to have those works on bars at the OTC. And that was really annoying. And uh, that almost like completely turned me off of works on. Uh, but then I talked to somebody about it and they were like, yeah, we've corrected that issue because I've never had that issue with our works on bar. Um, the ones that they had at the Olympic Training Center were quite a bit older though. Mm. Um, so... You know, barring that like snap ring problem, you know, I think works on is probably one of the better bars out there. Except ours is bent just a little bit. Who still usable? Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, we was did. That uh, me? I think yeah, that, that was me. you. God damn yeah. yeah, we were doing pulls off the of benches, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then it and it bent. Um, yeah, I went probably. Sh- yep. Yeah, it probably shouldn't have been me making that exercise. <laughs> um, that was that was the uh, that was the problem there too. 
I should have just had you guys do pulls off of blocks. Um, I mean, I like the thought process. Ride the whip, learn to feel the... I, I, I get it. And as soon as I did it, I was like, uh-oh. I don't think this... This this might have been bad. And I told Carlo to get one of the squat bars and try it. And then that... Then that bent a little more, so... Oops. Yeah. But boy, did it make me feel strong to bend a bar. That might be the only bar I ever bend. So I, I felt kind of good just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, take that win where you get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the uh, let's go and, re- and recap what we've talked about so far. Drinking water. Make sure you drink a lot of water. Uh, don't buy Alico bars. And what's better, GPP, powerlifting or CrossFit? Um, I don't think we really came out with a clear answer there, but we found that we can come up with more examples of females coming from CrossFit and more males from powerlifting and not saying that those males didn't do other things before they got into uh, powerlifting. Um, I think it just starts when you're a kid and how active you are. I think that, uh, I think that really like boils it down. Um, a few things that you should stay away from is early specialization in baseball or (laughs) in anything really. Mm. Um, don't, don't specialize early. Cause they, you know, they'll, they'll sell you. They, they got these, uh, these camps, like they'll have like indoor soccer camps. I've seen those a few times and they try to make you specialize in weightlifting. I was talking to somebody the other day who was in the jujitsu class with me and he was a wrestler and, uh, you know, those wrestlers, it'll almost be like the high school coaches will try to specialize the, uh, the athletes starting in like middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, in wrestling. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, oh man, but wrestlers, they don't have anything else past college. So like burnout is probably not as big of an issue. Weightlifting, you're like, you're going until you're 35, you know, 40. Yeah. You could make a run that long and still be like a run for the Olympics, especially depending on what weight class you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so like burnout is more of an issue there. Um, wrestling, it just kind of goes and then it just stops at 21. Uh, but I still don't think that they should specialize. I still think they should do multiple sports, but, uh, then again, I don't know. That's probably not what the top wrestlers do. It'd be interesting to talk to like a Dan Gable or something. I'm sure Dan Gable's got some like interviews out there that talks about like his progression into weightlifting or, uh, sorry, into wrestling. Um, you know what? I did listen to one and he said he worked in a construction yard hmm. picking up bricks and he would try to pick up a bunch of bricks and move it. So like he did get some other stuff and it's not just wrestling. Wrestling's a pretty dynamic sport, so it doesn't need as much GPP as, as weightlifting, which is a very specific sport. Um, but it's still useful. So I got off on another tangent. But uh, the point of that is do a large variety of sports, especially starting young. And it doesn't even have to be sport. It could just be play. It could be activity outside. It could be climbing a tree. It could be walking in a creek. Um, it could be uh, chasing bugs. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of that, I found, a, found another king snake today. I've been seeing a lot of big snakes. It was probably about four four feet. Those are cool looking snakes. 
I, I still don't mess with picking up snakes, though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for staying safe, James. Let's not you thank you. I'm yeah. I was worried where you were going with that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I know how to identify like poisonous snakes and non-poisonous snakes. But I mean, I'll pick up a snake if it's like four inches. Nope. Um, and like I know that that breed of snake only gets that big, uh, like a little ringneck snake, and they eat like mm-hmm. flies. Okay. I'll pick that up and I'll show the kids just so they could see. But, you know, I mean, once it gets a foot, I'm just going to like look at it and I'm going to leave it alone. I don't like uh, I don't like messing with them. I think that's um, safe. That's yeah. That's, yeah. Let's not do. Yes, James. Stay away. I'm not. Picking I don't know up if, anything. I don't know if I talked about it, but when I went on my last hiking trip trip, uh, we saw a rattlesnake. Nope. And we thought it was a copperhead. So we uh, it was right in the middle of the trail. It was just oh. laying in the middle of the trail. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, the name of the trail was called Canebrake Trail. And I thought it was like some old people. Like, if you go down this trail, you're going to break your cane. So, like, it's a slightly harder trail. Like, it was, uh, I think it was, like, on the list of, like, easy, moderate. Like, it was an aggressive one. It wasn't, like, super aggressive, but it was at the aggressive level on, like, the websites. Um, and so, I thought that was the name. It turns out cane break is a type of rattlesnake. So, it's, like, the cane break rattlesnake. So, there must have been, like, a den out there, and we didn't know. So we saw it and we thought it was a copperhead. So we threw a uh, rock to like scare it away. And that thing coiled up and started rattling at us. And we're just like, nope. All right. You know, and we were still like three, two and a half, three miles from our uh, vehicles. Um, so we, uh, we like stayed far away from it and tried to like see if it would go. Um, but no, that thing... That thing looked like a turret, like as we like went around it and, you know, we were a good distance away. That thing was like pivoting and facing us and rattling. I was like, man, that thing, like that's where they probably got the idea for like a machine gun turret, you know, that's a (laughs) rattlesnake. And that thing is like ready to like kill, uh, which is like a machine gun turret. So like that thing, uh, that was an impressive snake. Um, and I do not mess with those either. Um, I'm just proud of you for keeping your distance, James. I wouldn't have been anywhere near it. Nope. I, yeah, no, I don't do snakes. Can't do snakes. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it like kind of after the fact, and then we're like, all right, this is what the game plan would have had to been. Like if that snake had, um, like if we didn't see it and the snake bit somebody, it would have been like, all right, backpacks off drag the person that got bit away from the snake and you know the trail was kind of wide so then it was like then one person would run the rest of the trail with no backpack get the keys to the truck and ram through the fence and drive the truck all the way down the trail and pick them up then like race to the hospital uh yep sounds about right yeah (laughs) great crazy stuff um so we don't don't mess with snakes um Oh man, yeah. Now, so yeah, no. Yeah, now we get on all these like random tangents, which is pretty fun. <laughs> um, you know, running from snakes, good GPP. You got <laughs> elevated heart rate. You got, uh, you know, that uh, it makes things. Uh, I am a I am a believer in that. Is that if there are consequences, you will get a better training effect. And I think you know that's where like Ivan Abijayev was like trying to say. Oh, I best training environment is 
with guns. And then he said, oh, wait, no, the best training environments is guns on your family to make you train hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you don't try hard, there are consequences is what he was getting at. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't agree with that, obviously. Uh, It's extreme, but I see what he's saying. Yeah. I do think like rope climbs, even if there's like a pad under there, there's still a risk of falling down. Mm -hmm. So you grip harder, you know, even if there's Mm -hmm. like, if it's rope climbs in a uh, like super padded thing, if you jumped, it would just be like a pleasant fall. I still think you would get a stronger contraction of your hands and your forearms because there's that risk. You know, if you're doing a pull up, you know, you don't have to hold on. You just like, you just let go and you land and it's done. But if you're like doing pull ups underneath a den of, uh, of, uh, rattlesnakes, you know, you're going to hold on a little bit harder and you're going to get a better training effect. Uh, so consequences do matter. I think. Um, that makes sense. That can, uh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. The, the way that you just have to figure out is how to, uh, healthy, have a healthy amount of consequences, not holding guns to your family type consequences. You need like, I think rope climbs is a good one, especially with just that, that height factor. Um, I think betting money is a good one. Um, because there's still that consequence of losing money or the consequence of gaining money. Like, Hey, if you do this, you will win a hundred dollars. Um, First time I deadlifted triple body weight, I got a hundred dollars. They put a hundred dollars on the front of the platform. It was uh, it was Richard Soren, guy that started Sornex. Um, cool. Put put it on the front of the platform, and he said, "All right, if you make it, this hundred bucks yours." And I was nineteen at the time, so it was like well, a big deal. Hundred uh, bucks, yeah. You made it work. Uh, I, <laughs> I believe that was at Summer Strong One. Um, now they're at like summer strong 15 or something. Um, so that, uh, those fun times. Um, I think I saw him deadlift 500 pounds, one handed there too. Oh yeah. He used a strap. I think he used a strap, but it was still a one handed deadlift That's, of like yeah. 500 pounds. And he was like 60 years old. It was, it was impressive. Strong man. Yeah, no, strong men are crazy. The stuff that they do is wild. <laughs> Correct. Let me, I'm specifically thinking of their good mornings, how they'll just good morning 700 pounds and just walk off like, yeah, that's normal day. Yeah, I think weightlifters should be able to good morning more. Maybe they need more GPP. They need to pick <laughs> up some more Atlas stones. Yep, the random stuff. That uh, that is That is nice. There's one of the girls at um, Ridgeline maddie who that was she would do the crossfit class at eight in the morning and then right after at nine i would that's when you had us doing all the strongman stuff with the lopsided carries and the the sled pulls and stuff she was like that looks fun can i do it with you (laughs) so then she would always do the tuesday stuff with me after the crossfit class yeah that stuff gets fun so ridgeline is the name of the crossfit gym that the west virginia weightlifting uh, runs out of yep crossfit ridgeline they were good. Nice. They had a few regional teams back in the day. So good, good stuff. Job. Nice big space. All right. Well, I think that is a good spot to end today's podcast on. I'm about to have a few people over, and we're going to start training 
in about 10 minutes. So uh, I think uh, it's a good spot to end. All right, Tyree, where can uh, people find you? I am Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. All right, and check us out at houseofweightlifting.com. We have fanny packs on the website. Hey. Check them out. I just yeah. ordered mine. George ordered his. Yeah, They're coming in a one. couple days. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you.